Hello and welcome to another episode of Spoiler Appetite. Oh man, we have a lot to talk about today. We got Good Omens being confirmed for a season two, the Don't Breathe 2 trailer. You know, old news, of course. Uh, Titan Season 3 got a trailer and a legend passed away. As well as, you know, later on, me and Jonathan, you know him, you love him, we'll be talking about Black Widow and Loki later on today. But... In the meantime, it's me right now. So, let's talk about Good Omens Season 2 getting confirmed. I... I I am so excited for it. I never read the book, only watched the show. That's my main thing. And I know there was never a second book. But the fact that you got Neil Gaiman coming back, and basically, you know, you got Michael Shannon. Not entirely sure, let me look that up. But you also got David Tennant coming back. You know, the leads, the important ones, um, coming back as the angels and whatnot. Michael Sheen, I'm sorry, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen and David Tennant are coming back. I am so excited for it. Totally don't know what the story could be, but the fact that Neil Gaiman himself came out and said that him and Terry Pratchett had come up with story ideas for a second one, unfortunately couldn't get to it because Terry Fortunately, passed away but there's ideas and honestly the fact that Amazon is actually doing it because you know Good Omens when did that come out I believe it was 2019 I want to say that's when I believe that's when it came out honestly yep 2019 wow it's been two years and they didn't even I don't even think they said they weren't gonna uh, do a season two either so the fact that they were holding out on possibly doing uh not knowing if they want to do a season two and then now deciding yeah we're gonna do a season two i'm i'm excited i'm really excited because i really love that i love michael sheen and and david Tennant. i i just i really do love them as those characters and to see them again is gonna be fun i've been watching a lot of clips of good omens uh, from season one ever since they announced this and yeah man I'm I'm excited I'm glad Neil Gaiman's coming back because it's just like you know I know he's he's steering the ship or whatever but who he hires or if he's even in charge but like whatever involvement he's in with I'm I'm just excited I'm excited to see it what I'm also kind of not really excited and I'll explain why don't Breathe 2 has a trailer that came out, and I I don't know what to say, to be honest. I really have no clue what to say to this. Um, Yeah, so the synopsis came out months ago and basically told us uh, the blind guy from the first movie is going to be protecting this little girl, has to save this little girl and whatnot. And I was just like, okay, this is kind of weird given what we've seen, what he's done in that first movie. Like, I I don't know what to think. So I was just like, okay, let me see a trailer. Saw the trailer. Uh, it's just as equally weird as I thought it would be, honestly. I... I I truly, truly do not know what to say about uh, this Don't Breathe, Don't Breathe trailer, honestly. I, 
I really, really have no clue. Honestly, it's just, it's, it's just, I don't know. Like, actually seeing it in context, and again, we're talking about the same old blind guy in the first movie, which, spoilers, if you've never seen Don't Breathe, which you should, um, it's a great little horror movie, made by Blumhouse, I believe, um, we, you know, he, he, you know, if you've seen the movie, you know that he's, like, um, has a turkey baster and, of old seamen kept in the freezer and, you know, trying to impregnate the woman that basically caused a car accident involving this old blind guy's, uh, pregnant wife or whatever, and, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm glad that, that the, uh, the antagonist not the old blind guy, that they're acknowledging that, hey, do you really, do you even know who you're dealing with or whatever? Do you even know who this guy is or whatever and what he's done? I like that acknowledgement, but I I can kind of see why they could go this way because at one point in the first movie, it's mentioned that, you know, he is a veteran and again, he wanted, he was going to have, he was going to be a father. And so I guess in the second movie he's looking after someone's kid, I believe. Um yeah, again, it's just kind of weird. I it feels strange that we're not going to get that conclusion that was basically set up in the first movie where we see he gets away and you get the sense that he's going to basically track down the last victim that, you know, ultimately broke into his house or whatever, but yeah, no resolution there, I guess. But I guess that ending just meant that he he was just gonna get away or whatever, like go somewhere else and hide out. I guess I don't I don't know it. This the I don't know what to say honestly. I I don't even know if I want to see two this one at all. I don't even know if I want to see it honestly. It's and that's rare honestly. I mean, the last movie I purposely did not want to see but I guess eventually went and saw was probably the rise of Skywalker I mean the rise of Skywalker I again I I, I was just I was not excited for that one just because of the fact that Palpatine was coming back and I just didn't really have an interest in seeing it but yeah I believe that was the last sequel that I didn't want to see to a movie that I liked or whatever but yeah, I I don't I don't really know what to say honestly anything else about Don't Breathe Part 2. You know, and so as well as I can say Titan Season 3 getting a trailer. And here we go again. And look, I'll just say this. I'll say this. I I I purposely did not want to talk about this trailer, but since I am slowly rewatching Titans season one and two, why am I doing that? Well, because a friend, of course, if you don't know, a friend of mine got both seasons on Blu-ray for free, and yeah, he's every time we hang out, he's like, "Let's watch Titans." I'm like, "I really don't want to." He's like, "Ah, oh, it'd be great," and sure enough, he's into it, which is great, but rewatching at least we're we're not even at the halfway point of season one we're just i'm just like i can't can't not 
do this anymore. Like, I can't. This is so awful. And generally, you know, rewatching something you didn't like the first time, maybe things will change. Maybe you could have appreciation for it. Titans is just one of those shows that I just, I can't appreciate. I don't see the appeal at all. I'm glad others like it, but yeah. And and so it's it's possible that I'm going to see season three when it comes out. If we even finish the first two seasons of Titans. Like, it's possible I'm going to see it. I'm definitely not going to watch it on my own. There's no way in hell I'm watching Titans season three on my own. There's no way. And yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it's bonding time with my friend watching Titans or whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, I despise this show. And it's just like, at the end of the day, I'm just like, well, at least people are being paid to do this. So just because I don't like it, hey, at least someone's got a job, you know. But yeah, so season three, they got a trailer. I will say ever since they announced uh, they were going to do Red Hood, I fully expected them not to go the route of it in the comics where uh, Jason Todd gets beat with a crowbar by the Joker and so let alone when we saw the trailer uh, of course to my shock I was surprised that they're going to do the actual you know death of Jason Todd or whatever I was very surprised by that because in a way my theory of him being Red Hood would have been like okay maybe he just has that angst against the other Titans for blaming him because of photos that he didn't take or whatever even though this kid literally just went through a near-death experience but now they're gonna go the jason uh the uh the where the source material went or whatever i was very surprised by that also kind of surprised that somebody i saw a theory somebody say about how batman killed the joker with the crowbar and that's why we get that line of Bruce Wayne telling Dick be a better Batman than me and yeah that was like alright I could see that and you know there's there's a lot of things in here apparently Jonathan Crane's gonna be in it and seems like he's gonna be the type of character that Dick Grayson needs to get information out of Jonathan Crane I don't know what for but that's kind of interesting. And then we get, you know, Barbara Gordon, who is the commissioner of the GCPD. And just the notion that they're all, to, the Titans are, I guess, going back to Gotham. Like, they're going to stay in Gotham and help out or whatever. And then, of course, we get Blackfire, uh, snippets of her and all that fun jazz. And, yeah, it's, it, it's a pretty good trailer, I'll admit. It's a pretty good trailer, but... As far as me watching it by myself, nah, no way. There's no way it would happen. But uh, I will be watching it with my friend, you know. I mean, as much as I would love to say, no, we're not. I I'd never want to watch Titans. Like, I don't want to watch it. It's part of our bonding time, so whatever, I guess. It's just, I don't know. Just even talking about it just makes me just exhausted just a bit but you know what and I will say this I will be shocked 
if it gets a season four because now that it's on HBO Max, I mean, I imagine the the bar of getting viewership is going to be high, but I don't know. Because uh, on DC Universe, it's one thing because I imagine there's a limited there's a limit in which they need to see because I don't I don't know what the reviews are, but I, I just I personally think it's the worst DC show out there, honestly. But that's just me. But you know, but again, I will be shocked if it gets a season four, honestly. But anyways, Titan season three. Hope everyone loves it. I know I'm probably not gonna like it, even if I'm being forced to watch it or whatever. But whatever. Um, in any events, let's talk about the legend, Richard Donner, dies at 91. The man who made you believe a man could fly. I mean, I can't even imagine being a kid watching Superman the movie on a big screen as it's meant to be. Because for me, you know, I I was a kid and I saw Superman the movie, but I didn't see it on the big screen, especially in that time period. And he made the the standard of what a superhero movie should be, you know, very much a character that you love seeing or whatever. It's not really action heavy at all. It's like, yeah, it's more of saving than more so than like punching and fighting or whatever. He's just a guy from another planet who wants to do good. And Richard Donner did great with it. So much so that we finally got to see his cut of Superman 2, which is great. You know, um, Superman 2, for a lot of people, is the the standard of what a Superman movie should be. And, yeah, without Richard Donner, you don't get 1989's uh, Batman and so on and so forth. I mean, I just learned that he was one of the executive producers of the first 2000 X-Men or whatever. So, yeah, I mean... This guy has had an interesting career. So let's forget about um, Superman for a second. I mean, he's made movies like Lethal Weapon, which are regarded as one of the best movies ever. Uh, The Omen, a horror movie, man. Like, a horror movie? Like, that's incredible. He did The Goonies, which won't get into about how I feel about that movie these days. But, you know, a cult classic with The Goonies. Um, So much other stuff. Like, the man could literally do almost every genre and you know he was always doing stuff time after time after time like he he really never slowed down i mean he even worked on tv like the man never stopped the man knew how to create good content good movies and yeah i i gotta say it's a bummer that he's gone but 91 what a life but yeah Rest in peace, Richard Donner. What a life. So, yeah. So that's all I have for the topics that I know Jonathan didn't have any input on this. And, but yeah. But now let's get into the real show. Take it away, Tristan and Jonathan. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed uh, the first part of the episode, but this is where you really came for the the, the real main topic of the whole show. Um, you know, I couldn't do I couldn't talk about Loki without uh, your favorite teacher. You know, you know him. He is the 
basically the 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 expert he is i guess he is the grandmaster of the uh of teaching everybody please welcome back jonathan barry hey i'm so happy to be back grandmaster that's a Oh, big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, I was just I, I wasn't sure what I would go with, but um but yeah, um and you know what I just realized too? Cause yeah, we're we're just yeah, we're we're on the uh the clock right now. But um so before we get into Loki, of course, I figure we talk about real quick about Black Widow. Spoilers included, if you haven't seen it, I mean you're probably not even interested in it anyway, so I'm just going to assume that. But yeah, let's, real quick, let's talk about Black Widow for a second. Sure. Um, your take on Black Widow. Um, I think that it was, well, let's see, how do I start this? Um, I enjoyed it. Let's start there. Um, I'm glad I've watched it. I think it's a good fit in the MCU. Um, but I think there are some pretty glaring issues with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that all kind of stems from the like the use of the villain. Let's start there. Yeah, let's let's get that out of the way. Uh, that was definitely my big critique about it. So um, the villains, yeah, they're not really <laughs> rememberable at best. And, you know, I don't feel it compromised the movie in any sense at all, but... You know, the fact that you didn't really learn too much about uh, both the Ray Winston character and the Taskmaster character. Like, there was no depth to them. You know, I, Mm -hmm. you know, of course the big thing is Taskmaster. And, you know, I'll just say it, you know, I personally do not like the design of Taskmaster in this one, in this movie at all. I, I feel like... You know, it, it's just like, I mean, you look at Taskmaster in the comics, and it's like, I mean, you don't have to go full-on skull face or whatever, but, you know, it's just, it's kind of a weird design if you ask me, but but doesn't matter. The character overall, I just felt like, so the big thing about Taskmaster is, um, the reveal is she, yeah, it's a she, and she is the daughter of the main villain that runs uh, the Red Room or whatever. And she's just basically... Yeah, so the the big crux about this movie is Natasha feels guilty about um, blowing this uh, little girl up because she had a mission in Budapest, which I don't think this is the story Hawkeye and Black Widow were talking about when they referenced it. Oh, no, it, it in, totally is. I are we sure? Because I don't know. It just it it feels. I mean, just the line when Hawkeye talks to Black Widow, and she, and he's like, "You and I remember Budapest very differently." And I I feel like this isn't the full story. I feel like there's got to be more to the red. Um, room. Yeah, it might not be the entire thing, but I definitely think that this was the mission. That they were on. There were probably things that happened between the two of them right. that we don't know yet. That hopefully we find out in the Hawkeye show. But um, I definitely think this was the like time, like the setting of whatever they're talking about. Maybe maybe it is like one of the missions that they had to do. 
you know, maybe you're right on that end. Maybe it's one of, like, part of the mission. And, right. yeah, and so Taskmaster, I mean, for me personally, I have no connection to the Taskmaster character at all. The only reference that I have is the Spider-Man PS4 game, and that's about it. But I generally know that Taskmaster is basically a copycat, like, can copy anyone's fight moves or whatever. And, of course, I saw the whole idea of, okay, how are they going to do Taskmaster? And with the helmet and everything, I'm like, okay, I could totally see they're going to go with, and obviously it was, that, you know, the visor, the helmet basically scans the person and you know the person can basically copycat whatever moves or whatever so but yeah i and personally for me i saw i saw the reveal coming from a while from a mile away honestly because of the fact that you know you say that the main villain survives his explosion why couldn't have the daughter survived you know i just felt like yeah she's probably taskmaster now Jonathan, you told me that you thought the Rachel uh, Wise character was going to be the Taskmaster, and apparently um, a lot of people did, which I had no clue. A lot of people were guessing that that was going to be Taskmaster. Yeah, um, so quickly, um, you were talking about the visual design. I didn't really have much of a problem of the design of the character. My issue was just that in the trailers and such, it was just so built up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that, that was going to be our main villain, and it, as we've said, it wasn't. If anything, it was a very much to the side, um, and it really had no weight on it, really at all. But yeah, um, it, during when I was watching it in the theater, which yay, I'm glad I was in a theater for it. Um, yeah, just think, it, it just felt like they were trying to point us in the directions, like, ooh, we don't really know if, um, I think Melina is the name of the character. That's one thing. I don't remember the names of a lot of the characters right. in this movie. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're trying to, like, play you as if you don't know if she's actually good, or if she's still on Dracoff's uh, side. She's kind of switching back and forth. But then, once, um, once the like the fort like once his people like kind of like storm into her goat farmhouse, then I was kind of for sure like oh no, it's definitely not going to be her. But I could tell that they were kind of trying to point people in that direction. Uh, and like you as a living example, it sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Right. I I mean yeah. I just I just figured you know if somehow he survived that explosion, I was like it's got to be the daughter because obviously you know in this day and age you can't have the character the character's got like resurface and not feel guilty it has to earn that redemption of like oh she didn't really die and so she can be redeemed by saving the woman that she thought she killed or whatever, but. Um, but yeah, but ultimately, it's, again, the problem isn't the fact that, um, the fact that Taskmaster is not, the problem is not because she's a woman, it's more of the fact that, you know, and especially after that reveal, I feel like that should have been the story, that could have been the story, about how Taskmaster, this woman, basically was, like, was, a. What's it called? A um, 
not a hostage, but like a victim or whatever. Like she wasn't the target. Like mm-hmm. I feel like the story could have been she comes after Black Widow for being like you couldn't have taken precautions. Like you couldn't have just you know not let me be in there or whatever. Like that could have been the story. I feel like that could be more. It's interesting that you say that because I've heard from a lot of different places that um, like people I know think that this would have gone like just would have done better if this had been a Disney Plus show and if it had been a lot more episodic because I feel like because of the way that they've done it and the third act is a testament to this it being a human secret agent doesn't really like lend itself to being a big cinematic action uh, you know what I'm saying yeah um, there's just like so much going on so if we had been much more died down in more of an episodic way, you we definitely could have could could have had that with Taskmaster and more of a uh, not origin, but like more of a development of the character, so that when that reveal occurs and everything that happens in that third act, we I wouldn't have I wouldn't have just like dismissed it because we find out everything and I'm like oh okay, but it didn't really have much of an emotional weight, at least not to me. Right, exactly, and I feel like that's what was missing in this movie. It's just that sense of, like, there needs to be some sort of personal gain or whatever. And, you know, it's fine, you know, I'll I'll take it, because it's like, you know, it, it's fine. I mean, they're, I kind of look at Taskmaster as uh, basically Bane from Batman and Robin or whatever. <laughs> I can see that. It's just, she's just there. The character is just there to be imposing or whatever. And sometimes, you know, it, it can, it can work. It can work to full great extent or whatever. I mean, I mean, shit. I mean, you don't really need to know the motivation or anything for a villain. You know, just, you gotta at least make it come across as like, they're a character and all this stuff. And I was just like, it's fine. The other thing about Black Widow that really captured my imagination was the opening, how she's on the run, uh, Natasha's on the run from uh, Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt Ross, which tells us that this is set after the events of Civil War. Like, that could have been a great story as well. And then you could have had the Taskmaster character come after her, hired by Ross, but then again, Ross as a character, as we've seen in the MCU, doesn't seem like the kind of guy he would send these uh, mercenary people but then again you could write the character as you know a soldier just you know who has this ability and for her it's more of a personal gain so but for what we were given I thought it was solid I really thought it was just a nice really like surprising solid movie honestly like to me I feel like this movie is going to be more appreciated for you know, the people that haven't seen the MCU and, you know, all it takes is one MCU movie to possibly get them into the MCU, and then that way they can go to Disney Plus and watch it in the correct timeline. I feel like that's where Black Widow is going to be appreciated the most is in that certain timeline and whatnot. Yeah, I can see the argument for, like, this would be a good one to for for the introduction of the character and, like, you don't really have to ha- know that much beforehand. I mean, like, it might be a good idea to, like, have an idea of what the Red Room is, just because they, they mention it so early on, don't really explain it until further. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as far as um, you were talking about character, let's talk about some of the new characters that they introduced here. Yeah. Um, did you, who do you prefer, uh, Yelena or Alexi? I prefer Yelena. I feel like I feel like she had the best comedic timing, played by the great Florence Pugh, who we've seen in Midsommar. And I mean, that was my first introduction to her. I believe was Midsommar and. You know, Midsommar, I'm mixed about it. Well, I think it's it's whatever. I don't understand the appeal of it, but I thought she was great, and I could see why everybody wants to work with her. But yeah, I thought her comedic time was great. And, you know, there there's some dark stuff in here, and she plays it off as a comedic type or whatever, and, you know, what they do to the people that, the women that come in to be trained as Black Widows is kind of messed up. But I thought she was great. I really did. Yeah, she's a really great foil to Natasha's character, or Scarlet's character, who is Natasha. Weird way of saying that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's definitely the, like, breakout star of the film. Honestly, like, I just, I found myself enjoying all of her scenes more than I did Black Widow scenes. And I think that's kind of intentional, um, like in event in the Avengers lineup, Black Widow is meant to be the one working behind the scenes, uh, who's much more subtle. Um, and I'm glad that Scarlett Johansson stayed true to that in this film and keeping that character subtle. Um, but that definitely allowed for Yelena to become more of the forefront, along with let's not rule out David Harbour's uh, character in this too, who I. But was probably my favorite comedically um, oh, yeah. as this character who's trying to like not compete but like relate himself to Captain America because mm-hmm. he's been a super soldier long not longer than Captain America but he was around when Captain America wasn't when he was frozen in the ice he's right. trying to prove himself uh, and that just came off that just felt so relatable to me <laughs> yeah i i liked i mean david harper he is definitely uh just a wonderful actor i mean i i know that <laughs> he he blew up on stranger things and you know i like him as an actor and you know it's a shame hellboy didn't work out because i really thought <laughs> he was great in it honestly but um yeah him as uh alexi was just it was just interesting like he's that kind of character when we see him in the present day he's trying to live the glory days he wants to like you know he's kind of a loony you know whereas in the very beginning with that flashback he's very much working for his country and getting these uh these tapes or whatever and very much living that russian life or whatever you know trying to be a spy keep undercover and all that fun business and you know to see him in present day just kind of being like they just they just threw me in the fucking hole like they didn't like what was what was the fucking point and so but they didn't go drastically into it of him being depressed or whatever but he was just like yeah shit happens i guess so whatever you know i still want to be the red guardian all this stuff and you know it i do wonder because let's talk about that post credit scene the uh where it's mm-hmm. revealed that who is the character? What's her? What's the character's name? Not Elena, I, but her. Her, uh, her name is Valentina something. <laughs> okay, because I I totally did not hear. I don't remember ever hearing her name being announced. Um, but yes, Valentina comes to 
the post credit scene is where we see Elena at Black Widow's uh, grave, and you know, Valentina comes to her and is like, you want revenge? I can give you it. Shows her a picture of Clint Barton, and I felt when, when Valentina showed up, I was like, oh no, are they gonna do what I think they're gonna do? And sure enough, she shows a picture to Elena of Clint Barton, and I'm like, <gasps> and it was at that moment where I was like, is it wrong to say that the, my favorite thing about the whole movie was the post credit scene because of the fact that I personally do not care for a Hawkeye series, but if the plot is Elena is hunting down Clint Barton, then, oh yeah, now I'm even more excited for it. Well, yeah, for me, when that happened, I all the pieces started clicking together because what we already know about the Hawkeye series is that Haley Steinfeld mm-hmm. will become hawkeye in that series Mm -hmm. so if if jeremy renner is being hunted down and we there's going to be a new one you can start kind of start to figure out where that show might be going toward right and we heard florence Pugh was going to be in the hawkeye series but now that we know the full extent of it that it's possibly this is the plot i'm i'm excited oh yeah yeah uh I mean, I'm I'm already excited for all the projects, whether I I care about the character or not. We've got the the new show coming just in like at this point two weeks, maybe uh, right for when this starts up. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, like one thing I found so admirable about the character of Alexi um, is just that out of anybody. I feel like he had the most like comprehensive character arc mm-hmm. at the very beginning. He's just so in love with his job, and, like he's willing to do anything for Dracov, and he's like so excited that his girls are going to the red room. Like it's a big deal. Like they, it's their rite of passage. He doesn't really he doesn't see that the girls are not excited about it in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And then, like like you said we transitioned to him in prison and like yeah i just got sent here for doing nothing and he's totally flipped mm-hmm. and it feels justified which is, doesn't uh which surprised me like we haven't seen him for a while and he, yet he's flipped all of a sudden and it like it makes sense right and that was the thing too like he's he's the kind of character that did slip but he still like is still wanting to serve whatever for a great cause or whatever he's not like Mm -hmm. he's not like this fallen hero and you know it takes some certain events to finally like pull at the last moment a heroic moment no it's like no he he's generally a person that wants to do good you know right right but Um, yeah yeah. i'm trying to think there was this i saw this funny thing It's, it's on topic ish but um I saw this post the other day about like all the character posters that Marvel released, oh, yeah. and they um, instead of giving one to Taskmaster or to Dracov, I can't remember which one it was. Mm-hmm. They gave a poster to this caretaker guy. You you know what character I'm talking about? Yeah, the guy the who's ca- just like <laughs> yeah, he's the- just like comfortable with Black Widow living in his house. Right. Yeah. That, see, I don't really 
pay attention to character posters as much or whatever, but that you saying that, that is kind of odd. Person is interesting. I don't even know that guy's name. It's I just, couldn't figure out what his role was. Because it's like, I mean, unless you're a completionist, who wants a photo of just some dude that just provided resources for Natasha? Like, mm-hmm. he's just, like, it's it's bizarre. I mean, so, wait a minute. Taskmaster doesn't have his own, her it own. It was either Taskmaster or Drakov who did not get a poster that this is, guy did. That is fucking weird. Like, because, I mean, regardless of how I feel about the uh, the design, but, like, you know, Taskmaster, like... Yeah, you would want a poster of that character if you if you were into that character or whatever. Like, yeah, I could see the appeal to it, but to give it to some dude with resources or even the other villain, um, which I don't even remember the name because they're so forgettable. But um, but yeah, it's like Taskmaster didn't get a character poster. That's weird. But what do I know? So overall thoughts, Jonathan. Hey. On Black so, Widow. yeah, overall, like, so my, my rating would be like a 6 out of 10, and I, I was, like I said, I was thoroughly enjoyed by it, but there were just some, like, weird things going on, um, like, how they addressed, I, I, one of the things I really enjoyed is the comedy in this, and it's just because I, I, I feel like I have the same comedy that Yelena has, um, but, you know, when you talk about just the fact that this is a big box office spectacle. The expectations were so high because they've been delayed. They've been delayed over a year. Um, I don't know. It just didn't live up to what I thought it could be. Um, I'm sure there's people who love it and um, it's going to be one of their favorites. And I can totally see why. But, you know, it just didn't really live up to my expectations. Right. For me, I thought it was really solid as someone who could have cared less if we ever saw a Black Widow movie. Um, I, again, I was very shocked by how solid it was, and um, I, again, I feel like this movie is going to be more appreciated for newcomers who want to watch the MCU and the timeline and, you know, eventually get the Black Widow. I think it's very solid. You know, the villains aren't great, but I don't think it matters because I think what sells it is that family dynamic and all that fun jazz and everyone's great you know besides the writing for the villains but i think overall it's it's a solid movie and you know it's i think it's worth checking out you know so but so that's black widow for us before we move on i have to ask uh were you genuinely genuinely curious where the vest came from because i had forgotten that it was even a thing I see. That's the other thing I didn't understand when I I went online and you know I saw some people referencing the vest. I'm like, what are we talking about? Like, like the vest? Like that is one of those like little. I don't even know what you would call it. Not nitpicks, but like it's one of those little things that some people will pick up on. I I. I honestly could have cared less about where the vet came from, honestly. I, that was, like, yeah, just as a final note, like, I felt like there were so many things from, like, the other films that, like, you kind of needed to remember, but, like, weren't... They were at the forefront of my mind because I haven't seen Civil War or Infinity War. I didn't know I needed to see them. 
before I went and saw this. That's just one thing. Yeah. That it just kept mentioning a lot of things like, wait, what? Am I supposed to remember where that came from? It's not a big deal, but it just just kept coming up. It's just like it's one of those. It's it's one of those things where you read it in a book or whatever, where she gets it or something like that. But yeah, I didn't realize people were like noticed that. I'm like, yeah, like I thought. I was, you know, I thought I could be nitpicky, but that takes it to another level. I'm like, it's a piece of clothing. I don't get it. Yeah, they, I remember Yelena kept bringing it up. I'm like, what's the deal with this vest? And right. then it took me a minute to piece it together. Oh, yeah, she is wearing that when we see her next. But. Yeah. Um, anyways, Black Widow, solid. Uh, so let's talk about Loki. Um, so, oh, man. Where to start with Loki? Yeah, Jonathan, I think I'll let you take it from here since I, I feel like you're the one that... Was this the, the one you were looking forward to the most, or...? Uh, well, once I heard what it was about, yeah. Okay. Originally, I, I still probably, out of the three, my favorite has been WandaVision, but just because it has just because I just know the sitcom world and it just meant a lot to me mm-hmm. um, but as far as plot is concerned oh by far this has absolutely been the most interesting and the most uh, emotional mm-hmm. um, and I had predictions and some of them came true some of them we'll have to wait and see according to the end credit scene of five, episode 6 mm-hmm. uh, yeah I so, do you want to take this like episode by episode, or what do you want to do? I mean, how? I mean, I honestly don't know where to begin. Honestly, I mean, I want to talk about the finale, but I feel like there should be some build up to Loki. Um, I'll just say that for me personally, I was definitely curious to see it. Like once I saw a trailer, I was like, okay, Loki's going through some sort of like timeline, and I'm kind of here for it. I kind of want to see how nutty it can be or whatever and and then we get to the first episode which you know very much speeds up the development of Loki that we saw in the movies like it very much gets back to the Loki that we see by Infinity War like they skip all that development uh in those movies just to be where we are right now because of that great great moment where he's looking at his uh, life through the whole timeline even sees how it ends too so i thought that was pretty interesting to go that way and it's like yes like we can we can skip all this development like we know how loki pretty much feels by the time we get to ragnarok and infinity war and whatnot and yeah that was one thing that i i really appreciated is that um even though we're starting with 2012 Loki uh, and, and his desire for his glorious purpose, which is the theme of the entire show, mm-hmm. um, pretty much, they pretty quickly are able to like de-escalate him and get him more into a vulnerable state mm-hmm. without it feeling too quick. Um, with uh, yeah, like you were saying, um, it's either episode one or two where they show him his life. Um, and where it's going in in the in the sacred timeline to be specific um but yeah they they're able to keep some of his 
maliciousness or his deceitfulness while also being like kind of a uh, courteous in some ways to specific people um to sylvie specifically yeah <laughs> but uh i like that they create this they're able to create this duality of this character which ironic it's kind of ironic since there are so many different Loki's that we see here but yeah that was definitely like what i was focusing on right i i thought i mean we can talk about negatives i mean i'll talk about my last negative because it definitely deals with the the season finale for sure but as far as negatives go i mean i will say episode three really did feel like a filler episode i feel like that episode only uh the only reason we have that episode plot wise it doesn't really matter it's more of just seeing how sylvie lady loki as i'm probably always going to refer to her as uh lady loki and loki basically seeing that dynamic between them and it's not it's not a bad episode but it's just like in terms of getting to know sylvie it's like there's nothing really there. Like, you understand there's a hatred for the TVA, but you don't exactly know why. So much so that when Loki tries to open that box, she definitely deflects it or whatever. And that's very much Loki, in a way. Um, because we saw it in episode one where, you know, uh, Mobius, played by Owen Wilson, of all people, uh, is trying to, you know, pry open Loki and whatnot. And... I get it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, we know she's a Loki, but at the same time, it's like, you gotta give us something. And it, I love the fact that they just nonchalant throw this line of like, oh yeah, everybody that's working for the TVA is a variant. I just felt like that is like, that should not be like a throwaway line. But luckily, they came back in the next episode to basically dissect all of that. Um... There's not really that. I mean, that, I think I feel like that's the only complaint I have. It's not my major complaint, but again, we'll talk about it in the season finale. Was there anything that stuck uh, stood out to you as well, far as like negative as as like complaint? Um, uh, we never saw the jet ski. That's my number one complaint. See, see fan- yeah. I, I swear, fandom is very funny to me at times. I'm just like for. The like the, yeah, there's a lot of like people who are like so close to the source material that they're like it's got to be this way and this way only. And then there's this other side of fandom that's like, you know, it, it's it's a fun kind of poke or whatever. It's kind of like it's it's fun. It's meant to be a fun. Like they want to see the jet ski thing. Like everybody wants <laughs> to see the jet ski. I've seen so many memes about it. I'm like, I love this side of the fandom. They just want to see something so like. That's Monday. like, yeah. I I just like that's the fandom I wish all of fandom was like. Honestly, it's just it's just funny. But yeah, the jet ski thing. So the way that I um kind of approach the show is after each episode, I would just kind of like look up what should be happening according to the comics. But like, I've never been a stickler for keeping with the source material. I've always imagined that the MCU is its own version mm-hmm. of the comics. Like, they don't have to follow it whatsoever. Because um, they'll do whatever they want with it and do, do pretty well with it. And so. Yeah, that is basically bang on the money. It's like, okay, 
yes, it's you. It's nice to know that you know the source material, but like, this is the movies. This isn't the comics. Like, you got to know the difference. And it's like they'll definitely uh, cherry pick some things for sure, unless it's like, unless it's a Watchmen situation where they very much stick close to the book and do a little tweaks or whatever. But they're they're not going to go full on like the comic. You're not going to see a copy and paste basically and that's the thing about this it's like two different medias like they will definitely you can see the inspirations for sure but it's not gonna go in the way that you might think you've seen it in one way you know mm-hmm. yeah I, and I definitely did this research for like after um after after, after episode 5 is when I really dug into it like to see what possibilities were going to happen in the finale mm-hmm. uh, and so I kind of created my own like theory of what it was going to be and then versus what fandom was saying and versus what the comics said mm-hmm. and so that was that was really fun because um, I feel like between like this definitely had the most mystery aspect I would think so of yes. any of the shows we've seen mm-hmm. um, whether it be just like what like what a lot alliance Sylvie has, which changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you what one thing I really enjoyed about her character is that you think one thing about her in one episode, and then they just give you enough information in the next episode to completely make you rethink whatever you think about her. Um, like uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I can't think of anything specific right now. But, like, you just got a little bit more of her character each each episode. Mm-hmm. And then, in, like, in, in the finale, uh, that when she confronts Loki, like, oh, that, that really surprised me, too, that they that, that happened. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, is there an episode that sticks out to you the most? Because... For- they all kind of run together in my head. <laughs> The the which 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 episode? I uh, said so they're kind of all running together right now. Oh, uh, uh, episode five mm. definitely it definitely sticks out to me. Yeah, yeah. Episode, episode five was definitely my favorite as well. Uh, so I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's that's our one where we meet all of the Loki's. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That was the thing, too. Like, for me personally, I was so down to see Richard E. Grant play classic Loki, honestly. Like, he was definitely the one that stuck out to me. And I know a lot of people are like, our Gator Loki and all that stuff. And I'm like, it's like, okay, yeah, cool, awesome. But, like, classic Loki, like, that guy took me by surprise. I just love the fact that he was just a guy that survived the events of Infinity War and then went into hiding and mm-hmm. then when he decided to like come out of it that's when the TVA showed up right yeah that character really is like the unsung hero mm-hmm. here he really did do a lot yeah um, I don't know if you've seen I saw this um, posted somewhere Richard E. Grant was quoted um, saying that he desperately wants a classic Loki and crocodile Loki spinoff. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't oppose it. 
if we can see more classic Loki, great, because I'm for it. Because, I mean, there's that moment where he sacrifices himself, and he gives that crazy look in his uh, face or whatever eye, and I'm like, he literally looks like 60s Loki right here. It's insane. And, yeah, I I was very much, like, somebody made a complaint. One of my favorite YouTubers who was reviewing it was like, there's a moment where they all can escape or whatever. And classic Loki is like, yeah, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> One of the uh, the YouTube reviewers that I watched was like, you would stay in this shithole? And I'm like, well, yeah, because he's kind of done it all. Like, he's just like, there's nothing else to do. Like, he's pretty much, like, he's satisfied with where he is right now. Like, there's nothing else to do. He feels like he's done it all and whatnot. And... But yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed Classic Loki a lot, and it is funny to see how this show is basically slowly explaining us, basically explaining us how time works in the MCU and whatnot. Yeah, I think that that's a topic that I think they handle really well. Um, I just read uh, this morning actually that like Kevin Feige held a meeting with all the writers mm-hmm. for the phase four films and shows like and explain to them how the multiverse works and how time works so that they can all be consistent See, with uh yeah and yeah. loki in the show does a pretty good job all things considered i mean it's not easy to understand by any means right but um of, like i of really breaking down what is what the future is going to look like yeah and getting back to that Kevin Feige quote I love that a lot I love that he's a dude and we we've talked about it how he's you know he's been in plenty of Marvel movies that he's seen what works and what doesn't work and the fact that he's one of the and he's not even a writer he's more of a storyteller he's basically the guy that gives you the simple concept but for him to go out of his way to be like yeah this is how time is going to work like this is how all this multiverse stuff is going to work and i appreciate that it's just like again this guy is an executive producer or whatever and you know he's the head of well now he's the head of like the comics the uh basically all of marvel running Mm -hmm. and whatnot but yeah so let's let's talk about this season finale which I'll just say, for me, I was very disappointed in it because of the fact that generally when it comes to season finales, I generally look at, like, okay, I generally look at the season as a whole. And I was very disappointed. And I'll say this, and look, I mean, for me personally, now, for me, I was of two minds of who was behind it all. For me, from the very beginning, when they mention, uh, what's it called, the TBA, the timekeepers are all BS or whatever, I was like, oh, it's gotta be Kang for sure. Like, it's definitely Kang. Like, uh, obviously. And then, after episode five, my tune changed, because I was like, no, what if it's, what if it's Loki himself? Because Loki loves to really fuck with everybody he's the god of mischief or whatever and so i thought it's probably 
another variant of Loki. I wouldn't say it's King Loki or whatever, because I don't even know if we even want to go there with King Loki or whatever, but but then we see it's... Okay, I'll give it this. I'll give the finale this. I love the fact that it's Kang, but it's not Kang in the way that you would think it's Kang. It's just basically another Kang from another multiverse who pretty much figured it all out and like came up with the technology to make this one streaming timeline and i i thoroughly enjoyed jonathan majors as uh this weird he's basically referred to he who remains i'm not entirely sure right yeah right um I just thought, I love that he's playing it up. He's chewing the scenery. He's really acting it up and whatnot. You feel like this is a guy, and I like that he's like, yeah, I see how this is going to go down. And then there's that moment where he's like, oh, we passed it. Now I have no clue what's going to happen. And he's excited. On one point, he's like, just take it over. Just, you know, you can kill me and take it over. Or no, you can either take over or you can just kill me and whatever and he's just like he's excited like all his life he's just had one goal and now he's like now it could be anything honestly whatever it is it's your problem now not mine so it's just but the reason why i'm disappointed in it is because i'm just feel like after everything that we went through i just feel like this show really is to, to provide how the multiverse and time is going to work. At least with this season. I just felt like... It felt like more like it was focusing on time travel and multiverse stuff and all this stuff. And I just felt like, you know, Loki's there. And yeah, we get some progression and whatnot. But I just feel like, okay, his arc definitely wraps up when he's like... I don't need a throne when he's taking on Sylvie, which I appreciate that Sylvie was like, no, everybody deserves free will. But at the same time, it's it's that moment of, like, at what cost, as Loki put it, you know? And mm-hmm. But, yeah, overall, I just felt like this was really only just to... Yeah, Loki's there, but it really seemed like it was more of, like, how multiverse stuff works. Yeah, when it, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, looking at all of it, that's, that's definitely, like, its purpose mm-hmm. um, to do that. Uh, I'll tell you, like, so going into the finale, of course, up at that point, none of us, everyone thought this was going to be a series finale rather than a season finale. Right. Um, and so I had my, my three things were either going to be that it's a Loki variant, like you said, that it's Kang the Conqueror, which was just, that was like the big popular one that everyone was saying. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like Mephisto um, back in WandaVision, what everyone's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my third one was, I had looked at the like the comics, and there is a character called He Who Remains, um, but I thought that was the least likely. So, yeah, so when it, ends up being king but not king the conqueror um that i I thought that was kind of like i felt pretty proud of myself for picking that for and just going along with everybody else and actually paid off this time and i agree i like this the fact that they did not go with 
the king that we all kind of have a familiarity with uh, and instead have this situation where he explained it as uh, during the, mul- the first multiverse war, he's the king who won, so he got to be in control. And then if he dies, another king will just take his place, as we see at, at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure where I was going with that. But I was... I was pretty happy with it overall, although, like you said, it ended up just being a lot of exposition dump Mm -hmm. um, for the future, but I think they handled it in a pretty good way, just so that it didn't seem like a bunch of exposition. There was a lot going on behind it, we have a character who's traversing through it, and now we'll know how, now we can see how it's starting to, how it's going to connect the rest of phase four especially like now the title doctor strange in the multiverse of madness makes more sense than ever yeah definitely and that's the thing you know i was talking to my dad about and how i was kind of disappointed that it felt like as far as season one goes it felt like all setup and he just went well it's always gonna be a setup for the next thing and i'm like well that's that's the thing though when you have something like wandavision Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They all end with setting up these things for future events, but it doesn't feel like it's overshadowing what's going forward. They may very much stick on telling you what this character is going through and what they're struggling with. And it's like it's very character based, and I feel like with the Loki show, it kind of feels like that's where it got lost or whatever. Like they would touch upon it or whatever about the character of Loki, but at the same time, it just felt like the overshadowing of the multiverse and all this yeah, stuff. And I, th- I think the, prob- the problem there is just that we, as the audience, know Loki mm-hmm. so, so well. And we've seen a version of him that this character is not going to experience. Mm-hmm. So, like, we just know that nature. We have nothing else to gain from it. So I would agree with you there that there's like I don't, I don't know how you're gonna grow that character anymore, um, and so I think, I think what they need to do is shift our focus either to uh, growing Sylvie, uh, but more like I would rather them focus a lot more on Mobius going forward because that's a character mm-hmm. we don't know, um, and right. he's got a there's a whole backstory there that. They didn't even get into. We even got to see where um, the judge—I can't remember her name—where mm-hmm. she came from as a principal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that that's where they put their focus in upcoming season, because um, there's there's growth that can happen there. Right. Um, and as usual, you know, after the finale and seeing how all this uh, multiverse now it's going to come into play with Spider-Man: Far From Home and uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness there is of course that worry that I've always been afraid of and I'm sure Kevin Feige is smarter than this but I'm just like please for the love of God do not bring in the Fox iteration of X-Men please do not do it <laughs> I, I, just, I think that if it was going to happen soon it would have we would we would know already Right, and I, I again, and that's just my worry, and I'm just like, and I love that everybody's like, oh, 
all those previous Marvel movies before the MCU, now they can all be canon. I'm like, do we really want that, though? I mean, I know the Spider-Man movies can't be canon because I don't know if Sony would even allow that. But then again, if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are coming back in Far From Home for like a small minute or whatever, then they're probably cool with it. But I, I'm just, I'm hoping by the time we get to Multiverse of Madness that that will wrap up the whole multiverse stuff because I'm like I can't see the MCU continuing with this whole multiverse stuff after multiverse of madness but really I just I just feel like it's again and I used to love multiverse stuff but now I'm just like it feels like a gimmick in, in the sense of like okay there's yeah we have multiverses but when you know, in the comics or whatever, when you have so many multiverses and they play into the canon or whatever, it gets very frustrating. But then again, comics never really had that sense of, like, uh, stakes or whatever. And again, it feels like with the multiverse stuff, it just diminishes stakes at all. The only stakes we would have is, like, okay, who knows what time like time could explode itself basically you know and that's kind of what i'm afraid of. i'm like i i hope they don't go cheap with bringing in certain characters from certain iterations of other movies because i'm like that just like i and i'm tired of getting i'm just kind of tired of the nostalgia trip honestly i'm like i i mean let me see it first but you know if you're gonna say you're gonna do this and it's clearly, obviously, for nostalgia or whatever, and that's fine. As long as the story is good and, you know, your characters are well-written, then that's fine. But the in concept, I'm like, please, enough with the, the, uh, the nostalgia trip. I'm just kind of over it. Like, yeah, because, again, I it kind of goes to the Flash or whatever, seeing Michael Keaton as Batman. I'm like, I, I like Michael Keaton. I like seeing him coming back for hopefully just one movie but if he's sticking around for other dc movies i'm like i don't need that like i just like it's cool in concept but like why not just i don't know i don't know multiverse stuff kind of worries me at this point especially after that finale i'm like anything goes but kevin feige knows what he's doing so i'm just i'm keeping faith in him so i think that as long as um uh, like I'm pretty sure this is insinuating that Kang the Conquerors are ne- is our next big bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but that's where I think this is going, and um, that the end of the finale demonstrates that that's who's in charge now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's we have that's the Kang we've got now, um, and I, yeah, I think the multiverse will continue as long as that's our big bad. Mm-hmm. And with Fantastic Four on the horizon, Kane's a notable um, villain of the Fantastic Four. So I, I think it's, he's going to la- all this multiverse stuff is going to last at least that long, if not even further into Blade territory in Phase Five. So I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be lasting around a while. Whether that if that means that. Um, there's gonna be lots of stuff going on. I, I can see, I could see them using this as like a tactic to create like 
like a book line that's technically canon and like use the shows and really really flesh this out and become more of a like an industry um i hope that's not the route that they take that um but yeah i think it's gonna last around a while especially with what if coming up like which will kind of be your like oh these are things that we could do um tease i don't know i but yeah it i expect this to be around for a little while right which i would say you know as far as like kang goes it's like okay you know okay he was easygoing in the season finale who knows like like god knows what we're gonna see with actual kang the conqueror because even you know the the very hyperactive kang was like you know there's a lot of us some are more brutal than others and yeah you know i just i'm just like i loved you know again that statue of seeing kang the conqueror i was like oh that's and just that fear in Loki's face because Loki has no idea who Kang the Conqueror is. And right. but yeah, I I will say I, I again we know he's coming in uh Ant Man the Wasp. Right. And yeah, I I will say, you know, if it does wrap up with Fantastic Four or whatever, that's that's totally fine. I know in the uh, the source material it gets it flips back and forth if Kang is actually related to Reed Richards, but mm-hmm. um, but you know if, if he does stay until that uh to the first Fantastic Four movie, yeah, sure, why not? I love seeing Jonathan Majors. I mean, I I saw him in Lovecraft Country and The Five Bloods, and I'm just like, you know, who knows how he's going to be written as the Conqueror now? And so, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that so speaking of things to look forward to um what's the next marvel project that you're most excited for it's it's probably the next one that's coming up i would say it's probably at least for this year it's definitely shang chi i don't know why but it's just the the notion that shang chi is coming i'm like oh my god and you know, if there's, you know, again, if we're going to see, because already people are saying, will there be a uh, Kung Lun uh, reference or whatever? And I'm like, I'd be down for that. I seriously doubt it's going to be the Netflix uh, iteration, but like, yeah, man, bring on all the martial arts. You know, as uh, as one of my favorite YouTubers said and talking about, uh, you know, Snake Eyes is coming up and Shang-Chi, you know. They, <laughs> he, as he put it, you know, bring on the ninjas, I say. And yeah, <laughs> Shang-Chi is definitely one of those movies, at least for this year. I'm most excited for it because it's like, I know what to expect from Spider-Man Far From Home. I, I kind of know what to expect from Hawkeye now. And yeah, Miss Marvel, no clue, but I don't know. Seeing those Shang-Chi trailers, I'm like, oh God, I'm ready for martial arts in the MCU. I am so ready for it. But then again, at the same time, I'm like, it's kind of, you know, now that I think about it, it's kind of in, it's a tie, it's a neck and neck tie between Shang-Chi and the Eternals, because I'm like, what is the Eternals about? Like, I, I know that they're like this, they're, in terms of DC, they're basically, they're basically a copycat of, not entirely, but they're basically 
yeah, the new gods, basically. But, um, but yeah, but I'm gonna go with Shang Chi because I feel like those trailers, man, I'm I'm excited to see to see this whole like father versus son kind of movie, and I can't wait. What about you? Yeah, I uh, honestly I forgot that Eternals was coming this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you mentioned that, I'm like, oh yeah, that is coming in November, I think. Yeah. Um, of course, I have to hold up for No Way Home. Um, that's just that's just my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shang Chi for sure. Um, one that um, I don't remember when it's coming out, but it's already been announced and cast. Moon Knight, oh, um, that with Oscar Isaac, like that is something I'm really interested to see. I know a little about the character and what, but what I have, what I know, um, just already has me very excited for that. And especially in like an episodic format, I'm a, I'm interested to see how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, let's see, yeah, I don't really know anything about Miss Marvel, but, mm-hmm. um. I know we'll get introduced to her in what is now called the Marvels, what used to be Captain Marvel Two. They renamed it. I believe Miss Marvel is coming out before the Marvels. Which oh really? Yes. I, which I got to say because they're filming it right now. Which I, I think they're even done finishing the uh, the show. But yeah, the Marvels. When they announced that title, I was like, oh. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Like, that is beautiful. That's perfect. Like, forget Cap, forget calling it Captain Marvel, you know, subtitle or whatever. Like, the Marvels, like, oh, perfect. That's just perfect. Uh, I, I like the title, but it bothers me that one of the characters does not have the name Marvel in their uh, in their name. We've got Miss, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and Photon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, I feel like the title is basically for the uh, the people that know Photon was once referenced as Miss Marvel. So I feel like that's probably a fan service thing. But you know, but yeah, the Marvels. You, um, how do you feel about the new uh, Black Panther two title? The which game? Black Panther two got renamed to uh, Wakanda Forever. Oh, the Avengers game. Oh, 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 the. Black Panther sequel. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious. You know, again, I'm one of those people. One of the like one percent that's like, just I know you guys won't do it, but I prefer recast of T'Challa because I'm like I feel like there there could be more stories with T'Challa, but you know, based off of how big Black Panther was that first movie, which again, my theater experience was great, but you know what. As a fan, I can respect them not going recasting T'Challa. I can respect that. Because I'm just like, well, if you're not going to recast it, I still have faith in it because I have yet to see a uh, a Marvel property that's put me off or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I'll be disappointed with the Loki season finale, but at the same time, it's like I still enjoyed it for what it was. Like, I didn't have a hate, like a hate watch or whatever, like I do with Titans or whatever, but... But yeah, I I'm excited to see Black Panther uh Wakanda Forever. Like I'm just I'm curious to see how they're going to treat the the T'Challa character honestly and you know, who's going to take up the mantle and how are they going to explain uh will they will there be even be a Black Panther suit in this one or is it strictly about just Wakanda in general, you know? 
And, you know, it's got me thinking, while, with the, all this multiverse stuff going on, they said they're not going to recast T'Challa, but that doesn't mean there could be a alternate universe version of Black Panther. So you never know what's going to happen. See, I wouldn't mind that idea, but at the same time, I, I would just have it a hard time. Like, because if that's the case, are we... Like, who in, in that other timeline, that e- other universe or whatever, who would take up the mantle? I mean, I know everybody wants Killmonger, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, Killmonger from a different universe? Sure, yeah, why not? You know, in the in the sense of like, okay, maybe it's reversed, you know, and what we see in that timeline is reversed. Like, T'Challa is the bad guy, and Killmonger is the one taking up the mantle, like... I could see that happening. If it's, like, from a different universe, yeah, sure, why not? But at the same time, I'm like, but why would Killmonger, if he's in charge of the Black Panther, uh, if he's in charge of Wakanda, he's king over there, why would he come over here? But what if it's that in that sense of, like, okay, uh, your family, like, Killmonger's family held that secrecy of, you know, turning away T'Challa and his fa- and his father or whatever and that gives him a reason to come into the main MCU to take over as the king of Wakanda or whatever but at the same time it'd be so weird because everybody would just look at Killmonger like you tried to like blow up the world and sell all the Wakanda technology like no way I don't know I mean it's I didn't, I didn't even know there was there were people that were like that wanted that I'm on Team Shuri all the way. Which, I, I, (laughs) from what we've seen with Shuri, I'm like, I can't see her being taken over. I could definitely see, um, what's her name? Lupita Nuaguo's, uh, character or whatever. She Mm. could definitely take over as, uh, Queen of Wakanda. I could definitely see that happening. Because I feel like... I could also... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just feel like Shuri is not a hand-to-hand combat kind of person. I don't think... she's She can only shoot with her uh, gloves or whatever they're called, but uh, gauntlets or whatever. But, yeah, I could see uh, Lupia Nuago's uh, character being in charge, but that's just me. I could see... There's two things that come to, ha- come to my mind. Like, either Shuri could like, do it like, like a drone thing, like how she did that like virtual car oh, in the yeah. first one mm-hmm. um but also because it's now called wakanda forever this could entirely be just a movie about the dora milaje and i would be totally fine with Ooh. that as well yeah yeah it's gonna i feel like that is the one that's most curious about i feel like that's the one we should be wondering about the most because it's like okay what exactly are y'all gonna go for here so but yeah that's I personally can't wait because I'm like I have yet to see an MCU movie that's put me off from the MCU. So there's that. But I think we would. So in conclusion, I think we would both agree there is a lot to look forward to. Oh yeah, upcoming. Oh yeah, I mean, just in general, like the fact that movies are coming back. Like I already have my tickets for um, Snake Eyes for next week. Because I got to go see that with my dad or whatever because he's a big fan of G.I. Joe. And then I just realized uh, M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old, is coming out. And I'm like, I do like those trailers. And then the week after that, possibly my favorite movie of the summer, maybe of the year. I don't know because it's kind of hard to top uh, 
the Mitchells versus the Machines, but uh, we got James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, and oh God, man, God damn it, I'm so excited! Like, I just can't believe we're like literally two weeks away from The Suicide Squad because I'm just like, I don't know what it is, man, but like, I feel like that movie's gonna be just my favorite of the year. Just everything I've seen from it, I'm just like, I, I. And now it's got me wanting to do a a, a James Gunn uh, filmography kind of marathon now because I'm like, I gotta see. That would be interesting. It's it's all over the place. I I, I really do because I I've seen parts of Slither and I'm like, this is like really weird and disturbing. But I I I'm kind of curious to watch it. But yeah, and then you got so the Suicide Squad's coming out and then. I don't know what's coming. The Green Knight. Oh my God. The Green Knight. Yeah, I'm seeing that with some friends uh, next weekend. I'm pretty pretty excited. I I cannot believe it's so close now. I cannot believe it's literally yeah. Like I think it's in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks or so. The thirtieth. I had no clue it was coming out on the thirtieth. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm not what happened to the marketing? Like, what's going on? So, but oh. Yeah. I've got um, despite the awful reviews so far, I, I, I'm gonna see it regardless. I'm I'm seeing Space Jam tomorrow. Oh yeah, see, I have, I have no expectations for it to be good, but I am I, I'm gonna see it in a theater. Okay, see, I'm the opposite. I'm still gonna see it, but I'm like, it's gonna be one of those movies where I see it on stream because I'm like, I can't see myself with all that crazy visuals. I'm like, I don't know if I can stand it, but. I'm just like, again, like you, I have no expectations because, again, it's Space Jam. It's clearly yeah. made for kids, you know? So. Well, it's it's just, I'm. it's basically Ready Player One. It's Warner Brothers' it, it, advertisement, the movie. Exactly. And people want to complain about it. It's like, I mean, for what the plot is, it's like, what did y'all expect? But then again, somebody must have saw Ready Player One. I was like, Let's do that with Space Jam. So, which, I mean, sure, why not? I mean, again, I didn't care. Well, it's the same company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, I, you know, can't complain too much if you love Ready Player the One. The first one was a theatrical flop, and look how many people which know what it is. Not it, enjoy, I was going to say enjoy it. I don't know that many people who like it. Yeah. I do have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> again, it's a nostalgic thing. So, but yeah, I, again, people were saying it's going to ruin my childhood. I'm like, what? We're talking about Space Jam. Like, well, it might ruin yours, but it'll be like the pinnacle of a kid today's childhood. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's just like, just that sense of just that phrase alone, it's going to ruin my childhood. makes no goddamn sense to me, honestly. Like, that screams man-baby to me, honestly. But, um... But, yeah. So, unless, it's Indiana, unless it's Indiana Jones 4, we can count that one. I mean... I can't remember Indiana Jones 4, honestly. Uh, that's the one with the Crystal Skull, right? Yeah. And I mean, then, yet they're still making five. I mean, and I'm pretty sure you already know they're going to ignore four. Like, I mean, the fact that James uh, Mangold doing it, I'm like, all right, now I'm even more curious to watch it. Because I'm like, Indiana Jones, I'm like, yeah, he's cool character, I guess. 
But I feel like I, I feel like I should rewatch those movies to get maybe fully appreciate them. I feel like I would appreciate them more so now than as a kid. Because as a kid, I'm like, yeah, they're fine. I guess I don't see the appeal for them, but but I know a lot of people. But yeah, I, Indiana Jones Five. I'm definitely curious to see. That's for sure. But um, but yeah. So so that's this show for this week. Thank you everybody for uh coming in tuning in listening and whatnot um if you want to follow me you can follow me on twitter at alexander underscore thorpe and it goes the same for um for my instagram now jonathan where can people find you on the social medias uh if you have a desire to do so i'm on instagram at not underscore barry underscore normal can't promise that I'll confirm you as a friend, but you can try. Um, but and that's all I've got going on right now. Trying to get other things in the works, but school's starting up soon, so I have a limited amount of time to make things happen. <laughs> right, right. As always, thank you all for listening. I'm Tristan. I'm Jonathan, and you've just been spoiled. <laughs>